From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour as we are in our 24th year on the air. We appreciate everybody who has helped us along the way, especially you, the listeners, and some of our wonderful guests. And speaking of that, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we are glad to welcome in Laurelyn Solano, the Assistant Director for Lay Formation here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Laurelyn, good day to you. Sorry we're not seeing you in person, but, uh, you know, we just discovered this new thing called the telephone. It's brand new. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Alexander Graham Bell sitting across from us. And <laughs> just in case anything breaks, you know. <laughs> It'd be helpful if we had them, like, kind of a wall or something, that we won't lose them. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's that's right. You know. <laughs> well, Laura Lynn, you got a you got a lot on your plate. But first, uh, you were featured in the in the uh, Catholic Herald, the uh, September yeah. October issue. I thought it was a very 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 brave interview, um, and very good of you to do that to talk about uh, the Lord's mercy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was hard. Um, I had to discern. I was ready to kind of put that in print, <laughs> but um, you know, it's a, a long time ago. I um, in prayer, God told me He would use my darkness to help others see the light. So I, I tried to remember that. That's that's that was was uh, did God come down and visit you, or did you just speak to you? <laughs> I it, it's kind of like. No, no, no St. Paul moment. No, no St. Paul. But, you weren't on a donkey or anything? Yeah. No lightning? <laughs> but, you know, over time, like, I, I, I started practicing contemplative prayer and just sitting in his presence. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I heard, actually, this, this past weekend, I, um, someone shared that his voice kind of sounds like ours, but obviously a lot more wiser. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not for yeah. me, but, um, yeah, that's just kind of what happened in, in that time I was just you know I spent a lot of time in front of adoration and in contemplation and I, I you know, have people yeah. tell me he speaks to your heart yes yes it's like he already said it yeah and you heard it yep. <laughs> so, yep. yeah yeah well that's what good fathers are supposed to do yeah speak yeah. to their yeah. kids <laughs> So let's, we, you know, we don't have to go into all the details, but uh, the, the headline said, I was in the darkest of places and uh, maybe a bit in despair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, you know, it, it's, it's when I had the conversation with Lynette, who, who wrote the article. Right. We, we spoke for a while, and, um, oh, gosh, she's wonderful. But, yeah, isn't uh, she? Yeah, they were really lucky to have she her. She is, <laughs> yeah. But we, we revisited my, my early life. I, I've heard some friends say my pre-conversion times. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I um, I had a, a rather difficult time in my late teens and early 20s and um, very lost. And um, that's really where I just discovered God's mercy. And um, I mentioned I, I identify with uh, St. Mary Magdalene, um, kind of like in the, in the Passion when she... She's kind of on the ground, and Jesus steps to her, and I, I had that moment. I just felt below, below, like in the darkest of places I mentioned, and she shined a little bit of light, and I thought if I could just just touch that light, you know, everything would be okay, and, and, and it, it, I mean, it was, it, like, it didn't magically go away, but I knew that God loved me, even amongst my 
my most worst sin, even the darkest place that I was, he he extended, he, he went there for me, and, and he's never left me. So I guess he was there the whole time. I just, I, I, I was the one kind of strange. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, I like the way you describe that. Just the, the, the thinnest ray of light gave you gave you hope, and and so like you say, uh, <laughs> your car's still got a flat tire. Uh, he, he he hasn't changed it, but but you know <laughs> right. he he's he's there helping you. He is, yes, yes, and, and, and it's crazy how like life in Christ and life without Christ is so so different you know my circumstances didn't change overnight but um just his peace and his love and just knowing that you know he wasn't going to lose me and that well you know it wasn't going to be a snap and like instantly paradise is here it was there was hope i was filled with hope and peace and love and gosh i you know and that's why i've never i mean i've had i've fallen many times after but like i've never lost that hope he's continue to provide on that and I said that's why I got involved in mercy because I just I, I pray that everyone gets to experience that and and not lose hope you know even amongst the most worst times of their life you know well you know I, I think the interview was just very important for people to read and I would encourage them to go to the Catholic Herald and read it uh, the uh, September October issue of the oh, Catholic Herald August, August September I think it was uh, August September uh, no, I'm looking at September, it. September, October. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. No, I, I had the advantage of I'm actually looking at the cover. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> but but uh, it had to be, but just from your standpoint, well, you're very revealing. Um, you know, you were sort of laid bare, if you will. Um, that must have been really difficult. Uh, it, it, it was, especially revisiting um, a lot of the trauma. Um, but, I, you know, my story is something that actually helped me get into the ministry. Um, I had a spiritual director who, who asked me to share just the goodness of God. And, and by sharing it, I've had, I've had, you know, women and men come up to me and just tell me that for the first time or, you know, it, they're thankful that they're not alone in their struggles. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they're not alone in, in their sins or the depression or, you know, in, in amidst the, the chaos of life that that they weren't alone, you know, and that it, I, 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 it's amazing how many people have shared with me. I even got a couple of emails and phone calls and texts from people who, who read the story. And I, I, I shared, actually, this past weekend, I had to talk to a group of donation uh, projects before. I'll share with that later. But... They told me, uh, I told them that I'm, I'm very much an introvert. I don't really like talking in front of people or sharing <laughs> these things. Right. But this, um, you know, it's, it, 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 what, uh, what happened to me, the life that I had, um, I, I, I can't help but thank God. And I want, you know, I want people to know that. Like, even amidst the worst things that you think you could have done, God always is always always there and i think it's that's very important for people to know and that it's never ever too late as long as you're still breathing it's never ever too late so i just i think that if, they, if god could do that for me you know and, and yeah I, uh, the details they can read it, it's, it's free online <laughs> but um if god did that for me so much more for anyone else that 
you know, he just loves us so much, and he wants that for us. He just wants us to be with him and, and share his goodness because others really need it, especially in this dark world. Yeah, I, I tell my kids every every morning and, and myself uh, when I look in the mirror and my wife does the same thing is if you're if you're here and that person in the mirror is looking back at you, um, there's a reason. There's a reason you're here. And yes. uh, this may be your, your last day on Earth or you may have thousands and thousands more days on Earth. But if you're here today, today's the day to start fulfilling your mission. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's, a, that's awesome. I actually had a similar conversation with my eldest daughter, um, Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I was going through a rough patch. And, you know, I mentioned before, she's um, she's a senior level wrestler. And she, she, right. She's very disciplined. And um, I was telling her just, you know, some of the frustrations I had with, with my health. Like, uh, in 2022, I, I had a stroke. And I, my, I thought my recovery was hard and, and everything like that. And I, I just, I, I kind of gave up again, you know. Not, not completely, but I just felt like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so difficult to come back from this. Right. And um, we, we came up with the thing, the, the line, she's like, Mom, but you're not you're not dead yet. I'm like, you know what? That's right. I'm not. You yep. know, even if I only had an hour left, if I had three days left, I should be living that time that I'm still alive, like fully purposed with the mission, right? Like, right. keep going. <laughs> right. So I like, I like that you and your family do that. I look in the mirror and there's a reason for, for this time. And like, you know, we do need time to rest, but at the same time, you know, we, we have to keep going because life will continue whether or not we're walking with it or not. <laughs> we could resist it or not. Yeah. Exactly. Although I'll, I will tell you that uh, at six in the morning, it's pretty scary to look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're fine, Bob. <laughs> you know, I I read that Bible passage that says we're made in the image and likeness of God, and I'm going, oh, holy cow, God looks like this. <laughs> before <laughs> before he's had a cup of coffee. <laughs> Well, he's always creating something new, always something beautiful. Indeed, indeed, and it's it it is it is funny, you know. I I I I I love our faith because we can we can laugh too, you know, and and we can. I I I think. Well, I won't say above all else, but in 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 addition to everything else, I think God has a sense of humor, and that's that's one of the things. He gave us is the ability to laugh at ourselves and the ability not to laugh at others, but to laugh with others. Because there's something when you're laughing every now and then my wife and I will actually get the giggles. I mean, like when we were (laughs) kids, you know, about something that just tickled our funny bone. And and at that moment, you don't have a single debt. You've, the mortgage is is paid. (laughs) Nobody's nobody's sick. You know, nothing is wrong when you're oh, yeah. when you're just full bellied laughing. You know, and that's a that's a gift that's available to everybody. Yes. Oh my gosh, so much. It, you know, when the whole family gets involved, something just yeah, it's like oh, like utter joy, right? Like you yeah. said, nothing else matters. Nothing at Nothing else moment, matters you know? at that moment. That's right. <laughs> Except maybe catching your breath, depending what we're laughing at. Sometimes yeah. Those... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So tell us about your, your uh, transition all the way here to Assistant Director of Lay Formation at the Diocese of Sacramento. <laughs> you know, if, if, if I could go back and tell myself that this was going to happen, I, I would, I would, that would be a laughing moment. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. 
something crazy. But I don't know. I, you know, since since I I learned to listen to God's voice, you know, and just really trust. You know, when when I, again when I was in that darkness, um, I had to trust Him. You know, and and that's kind of just what I've been doing ever since. And somehow, you know, like I started, I, I went back to church. I got involved in different ministries. Uh, I shared my story, and um, I just kept doing that. I just kept listening, and you know, I was like, oh, we need a youth minister, so let me help out with that. Oh, we need a catechist, so I'm like, I think I can do that, you know. And just kind of along the way, I, I loved learning more and more about scripture and, you know, the, the documents of the church and just, oh, the, the riches that the church has to offer, like the different saints and and just the beauty, like God's mercy communicated in so many different ways, and I just kept, I kept, hungry for that. I, I took a little bite of it, and I just, I was never satisfied. I kept wanting more and more, and um, along with that, you know, came experience in ministry and, and in formation, and um, next thing you know, like, I, 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 I started, you know, I volunteered, and I started working uh, at the Newman Center. I started working for my parish as a director of religious education, and then, uh, you know, I, there's an opportunity at in, in um, the DEC or the Department of um, Evangelization and Catechesis at the time. Um, and, you know, I just, whenever an offer was extended, I played on it. And, and then next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> wow. If I look back, it's kind of like climbing a mountain. And you look back and like, oh, how, you know, it was one step at a time, but you turn around and say, oh, I, how did I even get here? <laughs> mm-hmm. were, you, yeah. were you raised Catholic? I was. I was raised Catholic. Um, well, you know, both my parents are uh, immigrants from the Philippines, mm-hmm. so the Philippines, pretty Catholic country. Very Catholic country. Uh, very yeah. Catholic, yeah. In fact, and, I um, think the Philippines already set the world record for a papal mass but no, in oh, terms yeah, of number yeah, of people. Definitely. I was afraid the <laughs> island was going to sink. <laughs> There's many islands, so I think that does what helps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so we, I mean, it was mostly just kind of cultural Catholic, and then, you know, we, did, we learned when we went to CCD and we went to Mass, but um, really understanding the faith was until I was older. And um, I've, I've learned to, I, I didn't get confirmed with him until I was an adult. And, I, you know, even with my own children, I, I confirmation, I tell them, you know, this is your faith now. I, like, I, Mommy and Daddy are going to help raise you and, and to understand and to live it. But at some point, you have to make the faith your own. Mm-hmm. And um, when it became my own, you know, when I was going through the darkness, I knew that God existed, and I knew that the sacraments were there, but it wasn't really until someone accompanied me and um, helped me to see that, you know, it wasn't, you know, God wasn't a, a shaming God, or He was an accusatory God. He was very much a loving God, and, and when I understood that part of our faith, I was like, wow. If only people understood more, you know, there's all the, the stereotypes and stigma of, of the Catholic Church. Sure and, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and so guilty and, you know, Catholic guilt and things like that. But it's like, oh my goodness, like, just just the joy of our faith. Like, yeah, guilt, a little bit of guilt is good, you know, <laughs> keep us on you know, the it, It's that. funny, I, I, I remember having a conversation with somebody, not a, not a close friend, but, but an acquaintance and 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 relatively new acquaintance didn't realize I was Catholic and although most people in my town do because I've lived there forever but you know but and, and you still run into former catechism teachers and things like that but right. but 
he said something along the lines, oh, the Catholic Church, huh? Like, ha, I caught you. You're like, <laughs> like a, it's a deficit, you know, and, and that's just a bunch of old white men praying and telling people what to do. And I said, really? You know, I said, well, maybe one day if you came to Mass with me, you would be stunned at, first off, how many nationalities just in just in my parish, right. you know, I'm not going to take you to a specific mass, you know, where it's where the deck is stacked or something. Just in my parish, there's there's people from twenty, thirty different countries, right. they right. of of all stripes and colors and you know languages and and I you know I do you realize even. In the in the archdiocese of New York, they have mass in about forty languages. Right. You know, and, and <laughs> why don't you just come someday and just just sit at the back of the church with me <laughs> and observe what's going on and mm-hmm. and break this incredible stereotype that that you right. have, and then and then maybe uh, talk to somebody from the Society of Saint Vincent de Paul and ask them, well, what's this about? <laughs> what do you guys do? You just you just you're just a bunch of bad guys, right? And no, yeah, well, no, totally actually, right. you know, actually, we go around helping the poor. Well, you just help poor Catholics, right? No, we help the poor, period. You know, and the the life center. I just uh, recently was at the Bishop Gago's maternity home dinner, and I mean, it's not strictly a Catholic organization, but it's pretty much a Catholic organization. Right. It's named after a bishop, and. Uh, um, you know, and and I'd say the board of directors and everybody else are probably all Catholic, but but it's open to everybody. And they certainly the clients they served. Uh, there's no requirement that they be Catholic, and mm-hmm. and just the beautiful work they do. You know, is just and, and I mean, if if you took away, I've I've said that to people before. I said let's just assume that the Catholic Church never existed, it never existed. Oh, the yeah. safety net we provide to society, the hospitals and the schools and the right. the the food pantries and mm-hmm. and the uh, you know citizens help with citizenship, help with immigration, uh, welcoming mm-hmm. the stranger among us, uh, just on and on and on and on. And you you were on the what the, the ad hoc committee about racism, right? Right, right. You know and. Yeah. Just the, the number of ministries we have. Uh, there's not. Uh, we don't just go to church on Sunday morning and keep it all within the four walls. We go <laughs> out from church into the real world, if you will, and not just to spread the good news, but to spread the good love and the charity yeah. and the compassion. It's just there's not a human problem that we aren't involved in. I remember during Hurricane Katrina, what, a dozen or more years ago, when I, I was talking to some of the civil defense people uh, you know, on the show uh, from New Orleans, not not Catholic people, just, although there are a lot of Catholic people in New Orleans, they may have been Catholic, <laughs> but, but that wasn't their job. And they said, we could not have recovered without the Knights of Columbus. They, they just came here, it wasn't just financial contributions, they came here in mass, and they all, she also said, the person I was talking to, that the Diocese of Sacramento was the leading contributor of of donations to help recovery, but said, you know, the Knights of Columbus, they arrived in their pickup trucks and their vans and had 
saws and hammers and you know just like you know where can we help where can we help? yeah you know so that i'm 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 not in a prideful way but i'm very proud to be catholic oh yeah i mean we're the largest charitable organization in the world right yep. like yeah i just i mean to be uh, that's not an evidence or testimony of god's love like i don't know what it is right <laughs> Like well, you know, I've I've had no end of of people on the show. Uh, sometimes pastors from other faiths, and everyone admits that if you go back to the apostles, if you go back to the time of Christ, that this is the church Jesus founded. Right. You know, right. And, and and you have all these other and, and I I will I will never belittle anybody. Of, believes in Christ and 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 faith and uh, believes in God you know more power to all of them but um, in terms of which church Christ founded it's the Catholic Church and and any mm-hmm. any historian will tell you that and 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 then I would go well why 2,000 years later would would Christ abandon the church he founded just, <laughs> it, it didn't make any sense He'd be leaving his own family, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we've we've made mistakes. We've had some terrible scandals. Uh, um, we're very human, but uh, in in terms of what Christ teaches, um, there's, you know, it, it's funny because even when I talk to an atheist. Everybody loves Jesus. They love. They might not like organized religion. They might not like a, a lot of things. Everybody loves Jesus because you can't poke a hole in the things he says. Right. Everything he says, you have to nod and say, "Yeah, that would work. That would work. Everybody did that. That would work." You know, it's yeah, it's it, yeah. it's very interesting. You know. Yeah, and I, I think that's what's so beautiful about our church is that. It's made up of many people who are also still in need of Jesus. Like, none of us are ever at a point that we don't need Jesus or his grace. Oh, yeah, I've got... I've got it made. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm saying, "Hey, that a boy, Bob. You know, <laughs> you, right. don't, you don't have to do anything now. You you got it made." <laughs> so we, I mean, you know, when there's that Tim, like you need to practice what you preach, and it's like, yep. oh, we're we're all still practicing. None of us have got it right. Yeah. So when you see us like like making mistakes, that's I mean, that, not that, that, not that we're proud of the scandal, but like it's. It means that we are all still in need of mercy, and that's the message, and we have to keep taking it, you know. <laughs> we have to, we we're in need of receiving mercy, and we're in need of giving mercy yes, to, to yes, others. And yes. you mentioned that term, practicing Catholic. That's exactly what we're doing. We're practicing. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been perfected, and I don't we think it will until we get, yeah. get the right place. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So tell tell us a little bit. Uh, what what does the assistant director of lay formation? Some people are going. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> well, um, I'm I'm mostly tasked with helping um, the Catholics in our diocese and beyond if they want, but um, uh, who are not ordained or seeking ordination. So mm-hmm, right. I'm not I'm not exactly involved in diaconate formation. Although my husband is in. In diaconate formation, so we're, we're, I'm actually experiencing it as a couple. Well, you, yeah, if your that. husband's in it, you're in it. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> we're going through it. We finished our first year, so we're, we started our, our second year um, this September. Um, but as far as, um, and I don't, I'm not in charge of clergy formation, but 
my, my, I am responsible for helping laity, anyone who's not ordained, um, to be to, to be formed in the Catholic faith. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, from I mean, we help with basic formation to help people get catechists and ministry certification, more advanced formation. So if they want, you know, like you mentioned, same business to call. So we, you know, we have um, formation programs that help with, you know, like um, Catholic doctrine or or things like that, social doctrine, things like that, you know, service, we do liturgy. So all areas of the faith, we try to help um, form people in that. So it's, it's always ongoing. It, it never stops. Very good. Tell us a little bit about Ministry Days, which is coming up on the 22nd and 23rd of September at St. Francis Catholic High School. Yes, yes. So it's the largest gathering of Catholic teachers and catechists and anyone who would, who would love to come. We've got... We've got a plethora of workshops, you know, for, for the youth, for for liturgy, for, you know, music, and you, you name it, we've, we've got a workshop for it. We have, um, we offer, uh, I believe, uh, Friday, this year is going to be focused mostly on the school department, but we also right. offer, for um, there's a retreat for, for parish staff and um, others who would like to come. It's kind of a retreat day, and then on Saturday is when we offer the workshops. We've got a couple key notes. Um, great lunch, you know, great time to come together and, and learn and share and fellowship with others who are also on this journey. So it's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, every time I've been, uh, sometimes as a participant, but uh, other times, well, a, a, always as a participant, but as, as a presenter, uh, it was it was a, like being in a college seminar. You may have been doing the presenting, but pretty soon there were 10 hands in the air and saying, well, this is what we do in our parish, or this is what we do in our family, and, <laughs> and just really uh, learn. And, and people, I mean, I, re- I met people from Wairica, I met people from Vallejo, people from Susanville, mm-hmm. people from, uh, what, where, where do we go, uh, Galt, you know, uh, you know <laughs> Rio Vista, you know, down. Vallejo, Benicia, uh, all the way up to, like, you know. Tule Lake, Lake, yeah. Lake yeah. yeah. Lake Almanor, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's quite the far-flung diocese, and and really different, different parishes. I mean, it's a talk about di- diversity, which is sort of a, a, a catchword today. Uh, we have diversity in spades in the in the Catholic Church. I mean, it's just amazing oh, yeah. how many, uh, and 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 it it varies. I mean, we have twenty counties, and each county is unique. Oh yeah, yeah. It, like we have. I mean, Mount Shasta, we have the mountains all the way to, like, like, like the flat areas of Fairfield, yep. the hills, and so the, almost, almost, you know, we hit the bay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we actually have uh, salt water. Uh, we have uh, <laughs> where they held the Winter Olympics. And right. we have uh, places uh, where in the summer it gets to 115 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, all you folks up and ready, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and we've got every type of of flora and fauna and fishing and everything else. It's it's just it's amazing. It's just yeah, amazing. It I don't know. I really I know there are a few dioceses that are bigger. I don't know that there are any that geographically are more diverse than the diocese of Sacramento. It's really amazing. Yeah, I'd be surprised to find another one this this vast and. Yeah. yeah, like you said, there's, there's so many different biomes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we touch Oregon, we touch Nevada, we touch the Pacific Ocean. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty phenomenal. So, are, are you're not you're not a presenter, is that right? This year, 
I'm not. I'm helping coordinate. Um, so I'll be I'll be running around. Yeah, I was going to say you have you have a tougher job. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll be helping. You know, make sure that the presenters get to the right places and everyone who's who's going to be participating get to, you know, yeah, hopefully has a great experience. <laughs> there's, there's Mass with Bishop Soto. There's keynote speakers, really some mm-hmm. great keynote speakers coming in this year. And then you get a couple of workshops, and you get to pick which workshop uh, you, you want to go to. And you go to, if you want to find out about the workshops or to sign up, go to ministrydays.com. Yes, yes. All the information is there. Yeah, I've been looking at that brochure, and it's like a smorgasbord. It's just <laughs> all kinds of wonderful uh, opportunities. And, again, diversity, uh, a, a wide range of topics. Yes, yeah. We, 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 try, we, we really try to be intentional in seeing what, what people are, are involved in and what they might want to learn more about. Or, um, you know, we have so many presenters, but like you mentioned earlier, we learn from each other. When we're gathered in those, those classrooms and the workshops, you know, there, there's a lot of sharing that occurs, and we learn from each other. So it, it's great. Very good. Well, Laura Lynn, always a, a joy to talk. It, it, just in a, a couple of minutes, your oldest daughter is very interesting. <laughs> Thank you. She, it's, it's, her story, I think, is just fascinating. She's a like a, a, a big-time Olympic wrestler. Yeah, well, she, she's... This April, this coming April, will be the Olympic trials. So she's really hoping to try to make it to um, to Paris in 2024. Wow. She's, um, yeah, she's she's definitely. I mentioned it in the article, but she's definitely a blessing. She's got a story of her own, and her, her I, I adore her, and I, I look up to her as like her faith is so strong. Uh-huh. Um, and she's overcome a lot, but she she's also very open in, in sharing her Catholic faith. You know, she's a CB graduate. Her husband's a Jesuit graduate. Oh, wow. Oh, well, that, yeah. that makes for an interesting holy ball. <laughs> she converted him. It's so funny. There's a picture of her bringing him over to the to the CB side. Oh, funny. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, but my, my next daughter is at St. Francis, so, you know. Very good. Some, Very good. Some fighting. But, yeah, she, I mean, she, you know, one day, hopefully, maybe she can, she can share with you, but she, she's got a story as well, and um, of, of her own experience with God, and and she loves to share it as part of her platform when it comes to not only her her sport, but what keeps her going in the mercy mm-hmm. of God, and, and that's something that she loves to share. See, that's that's so beautiful. You know, I mean, sometimes God makes a, a, a few people a little more famous than other people, and and <laughs> and those people have a they have a bigger microphone, and it's important for them to to spread the faith too. Oh and yeah, so it's yeah. Wonder, wonderful what what your daughter is doing. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm sure all your kids, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Laura Lynn, always, always a joy to talk with you, and uh, thanks for taking the time, and uh, we're looking forward to a real successful ministry days coming up. Thank you so much, Bob, and it's always wonderful to speak with you. I, I, I always enjoy it. Thank you thanks, so Laura Lynn. God bless you and your family. Take care. God bless you as well. Okay, bye. That's uh, Laura Lynn Solano, who's the... Assistant Director of Lay Formation here in the uh, Diocese of Sacramento. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on a Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. 
They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. This is Yasmin Castellanos from the Catholic School Department, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Oh, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Appreciate all you do here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Well, we are pleased to welcome in Anna Barraza, who is going to be one of the presenters at Great Ministry Days. Uh, go to ministrydays.com. It's September 22nd and 23rd. Anna, good day to you. Hello, how are you? Oh, you uh, were just fine. And good, good to hear your voice. Tell us tell us first off a little bit about yourself, where your parish is, and et cetera. And all that, yes. Well, thank you very much for having me again back in the program. Yes. Um, I actually go to uh, St. Clair. Catholic Church in Roseville, yes. and that's where I serve as a lead catechist for Adaptive Faith Formation and mm-hmm. as a volunteer, and so that's where where I do that, and it's mainly in English, but uh, sometimes, you know, you receive a family that might have uh, some questions in Spanish, so that's how we do, Very that's good. how we do that, yes. Very good. Uh, yeah, the last time I was at St. Clair... I had to park way, way, way back in that giant parking lot, and I thought they needed a golf cart to ferry people into the into the church. It was, <laughs> I've yes, never seen a, a church parking lot that big. Yes, a very big fan. You get the exercise. Yeah, <laughs> and what what a beautiful church! Oh my goodness! It is. It is a very nice church. We we are blessed to have such a beautiful church as an inspiration, and also to have others. Attend, yes, yeah, I, um, I, I'm sure. With yeah, it's it's almost like a mini cathedral, if you will. You know, it's it's <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, Father Father George Snyder is just so proud of it. You know, he just shows you around, and yeah. yeah. Yes, it's very beautiful. It certainly inspires you to prayer. Yes, yes. So tell you're going to be presenting sensory friendly celebrations. Persons with disabilities with a capital A abilities. Uh, at 
ministry days. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, and now that you mentioned, yes, I always spell disabilities with a capital A. Yes. Lowercase c, on purpose. Uh, that's something that uh, I started meditating as I was giving more training on disabilities. And I said, how can, how can I make sure that people understand that we, we don't want to see a person by their disability, but by the God-given talent, you know, everybody has been given gifts by the Holy Spirit on their baptism, on their confirmation. So we all have been given gifts. So that's where that capital A comes from, that I highlight their abilities. And uh, whenever I talk to a parent, I always say, you know, tell me what your child is capable to do. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I want to know the needs. But if you don't know their abilities or their gifts, how, how can you serve them? We're not here to tell them what to do, but to see what they can do. So that's the idea behind the Sensory Friendly Celebration, that we can come together to celebrate, celebrating Mass, to celebrate reconciliation, and have it more accessible to children and to persons with disabilities. Yeah, and it's it's such a wide range of uh, quote-unquote disabilities that people might have. It, it seems like it would be... Be, there's, there's not one size fits all for sure. No, no, it's not, and that's uh, sometimes it's a little bit uh, hard to do, especially, or it can be overwhelming to say, well, I, I don't know what to do. It's just so many things. So I always tell them, you know, start with one family, and then uh, one thing that for sure you we do all the time uh, at the beginning of the school year or the catechetical year, Claire, is that we hold interviews but mm-hmm. not for the for the child or the youth but interviews with the parents mm-hmm. and that's where we try to find out who the child is uh, who the um, person that is going to be confirmed is and then that way we can know a little bit about themselves what they do at home and if they're praying if they're um, like to read the bible what what are they doing in their spiritual life and then that way that helps us that information helps us to address that person and then we go to the next one and we do exactly the same thing so it's just one person at a time just just like god loves us right we god loves all of us but he loves me in a personal way the same as he loves you in a personal way so we try to personalize things so can you give us, give us a, for instance, how somebody finds you and how that would work? They, and, and just a sort of, I know it's not stereotypical because everyone really is unique, but um, just how, how would somebody find you and then what, what would you, where would you go from there? Like, um, well, if you want to contact me, I actually have a website called Catholic, and it's spelled Catholic U.S could be Catholic USA, as in the United States, or uh-huh. Catholic Us, like we are right. Catholic, has that play on word, that info, and that's a website that I created after finding a lot of information, and just um, stories, I have a blog, sometimes I post, and then you can read more about me, but my information is there, and I'm also on social media, um, just with a, um, I have this desire Everybody should know about disabilities in church and how these children can come to Jesus and they don't have to be hidden away or 
I, or the parents saying, well, I don't know if I should bring my child to, to church. So that's where they can contact me. And then from there, um, I also serve as a lead on the Ministry for Catholics with Disabilities, which is a diocesan uh, committee on disabilities. And they can also contact me through the uh, MCDA at scd.org. Mm-hmm. I'm usually the one answering the emails or Deacon Kevin uh, forwards um, also the emails. And then we can do something. We can uh, see what, what is your need as a, as a parish or as a DRE. I do consultations so, um, for the diocese. So we, we can go about it that way. So the your workshop uh, the, the description is uh, opening with an awareness prayer. This session focuses on making the celebration of the Holy Eucharist and the reconciliation and reconciliation accessible to persons with disabilities and their families. Discover how to implement sensory-friendly accommodations in your parish so every person has a meaningful participation. Learn about valuable resources available to prepare sensory-friendly Eucharistic celebrations and reconciliation services. What do we mean by sensory-friendly? Uh, yes, that is a very good question. A sensory-friendly means that, um, for example, it's better understood with an example, uh, some of the children might be very excitable if they hear a bell, for example. And we, of course, have bells during Mass. And so instead of being calm, for the consecration, they get excited and they, they want to dance or they want to stand up and run or they want to laugh because that ringing of the bell would be a sensory stimulation for them to be excited about it. So a sensory-friendly mass for them would would be without bell. Uh-huh. And that way, without bell, we can still have all the parts of the mass, of course. But then that way, during the consecration, they're not going to be excited, but they are going to be uh, prayerful instead of getting excited about it. So it's just taking in consideration all the sensory sensitivities of the person. It could be a smell, or it could be a light that are um, affecting them, or maybe they they don't work well if there's a lot of sound. So the sensory friendly solution might also include softer music, maybe just piano music, or repetitive songs, songs that are very repetitive, like mm-hmm. a pattern song. Right. That's very calming to people and, and to everybody. Because, I mean, if you think of the rosary, it's a repetitive prayer. Repetitive, right. Same thing over and over. So that calms us as, as persons. Um, so it's even more important for uh, persons with disabilities. And is that common uh, throughout a number of disabilities that they need that that calm and that quiet, like during a mass or say reconciliation? Um, usually, it's the case, but like every everybody else in life, not everybody needs uh, that calmness. There are some people that actually like it when it's loud, and that's when they uh-huh. are more awake and, and they like the, the loudness of uh, the instrument. So, but we. Mostly people like it calm. So mm-hmm. um, if we might have a person that likes it loud, then, then we can modify that, that mass accordingly. But uh, that's, that's why it's important to get to know the person, see what preference they, they have. Yeah. 
So when, with, with your workshop at Ministry Days, is this for people that maybe will, for, for, for parents, or is it for people with disabilities, or is it for, for people that are going to be work with people with disabilities? It is mainly for people who work with persons with disabilities, mm -hmm. uh, which is going to include DREs, um, catechists, parents, teachers, whomever is involved in the life of a person with disabilities. And also, I would encourage anyone who has a disability and is attending um, ministry days, they should go because, I mean, we want to serve them, but we also want to serve with them mm -hmm. because we are one body. We are one church. Sure. So we don't want to just do things for them, but we want to invite them into conversation, and, and hopefully they can also serve. Like uh, what happened uh, last time in the sensory-friendly mass that we had at St. Clair is that we tried to include as many of the children and the youth that had already made their first communion mm -hmm. or their sacraments in general to be part of that mass, to be um, at least be servers, if not planning the, the mass because they're not old enough yet. But we had somebody reading, somebody taking the offering. Uh, we didn't have any uh, ushers yet, but um, that would be nice to, to include them as ushers. So, yes, if um, if somebody with disabilities wants to come to the workshop, that would be great because in that way we can even learn more about about that together and have that conversation. How often do you have the Mass? Well, uh, in St. Clair we are starting, so... Uh, this is the second year that we have the sensory-friendly band, and I hope to have one in, in the fall, too. We were going to have um, another one, and unfortunately, uh, the schedule didn't work out with Father's schedule, but we are in the process of planning another one. Uh, we will be communicating with everybody and letting you know if we, if we are going to have it this fall. But for sure, we already established and declared uh, once a year a sensory friendly for First Communion. So that is uh, very nice. Little by little, little by little, but we, we are growing. And or do other parishes have masses like this? Uh, that I know of? No, not uh, in the diocese, no. But there are some um, parishes that might have them, and we are not aware of. So this is the challenge. Or if you are listening and you have had a sensory friendly celebration, I would really like to know about it so we can list you in our um, diocesan page as a sensory friendly man parish. Mm -hmm. And then that way more people can attend. But um, throughout the United States, there are sensory friendly celebrations in the different uh, dioceses and archdioceses. Uh, some celebrations happen every week, some happen every month, and some happen like we do every year. So, yes. Are you able to, to, I mean, is there an overarching organization that deals with this as well within the, say, the national church at USCCB level? Yes, actually. It, um, and they're, they're called the National uh, Catholic NCPD, hold on. National Catholic Partnership on Disability. Okay. And their website, if you want to find more information, is ncpd.org, and they are actually part of the USCCB. So you can find out more information, resources, 
the best thing about that website is that they have worked a lot on making it bilingual. So a lot of the resources are also in Spanish. And the diocese, our diocese of Sacramento is affiliated to the NCPT, which uh, means that we pay a membership, an annual membership, and we get to go to their monthly meetings and, and learn more about what is happening in the in the national church in regards to disabilities. Has has this evolved in terms of what you learn and what works and what doesn't work? It must. It, I presume it's a almost in some ways, in addition to being very spiritual, almost a scientific process. It is uh, well. Being an educator, I see it as an educational experience, mm-hmm. and, and yes, of course, it's a faith-based. But um, we try to, what I have seen, and this is what I also do as a special teacher, that you take what you have learned in the educational world, and then you integrate it to the faith formation, which is teaching also, but teaching the faith. So that, that really, really helps, because then you have proven methods theories, I mean, you name it, methods of doing things, and then you can apply it to how the child with disabilities learns best, and then apply it to the faith formation. So that is what it makes it adaptive, faith formation. When you, when you have a mass, like uh, the disability mass, uh, how, like, how, how well attended is it? How many people are able to come? Um, well, it depends. When we have a mass for the first communion, we try to keep it uh, very short and also not as many people because some of the students that we might have, candidates that we might have, they might be having anxiety or they might be, it might be too much having a lot of people around uh-huh. them. So we have had between three or five families in our, in our masses. Just uh, that's the purpose of them. And then the last time we had it, since it was not a, a first communion mass, we opened it to the whole diocese, actually. And, and so people from the different parishes showed up. And we had about, let's see, like 60 people show up. Wow. So it, it was nice. And, and like you said, Sinclair is very big. So even if we were 60 there, it, it was not crowded because everybody had a lot of space. And, when you have a salvation like that, you allow people to sit wherever they want to, where they're right. comfortable. Right. You would like them to be up front so they can see, but there's a lot of people that might want to be um, almost close to the entrance <laughs> onto mm. one of the doors sure. so they can sure. exit at their convenience. Yes. What, what are the biggest challenges uh, in, in putting together uh a disabilities mass and still being faithful, obviously, to the mass and to the liturgy. Um, what are the biggest challenges? I think, I think the biggest challenge, to tell you the truth, is to organize everybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. And have them understand that it's still the same mass. And so I, I don't think that would be a concern that I have that to make the same mass because it is still a mass. And so the, the challenge sometimes is that the people have never gone to a sensor-friendly celebration. And they, they might start thinking, 
know if it, it is like a full mass because that's one of the questions that I've been asked, is it a full, full mass? And it's not until we finish the mass that they say, well, it was like the same. It was the same mass. And I was like, yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> right. we are Catholic. <laughs> we don't, we don't want to take away. I mean, there's right. no way. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even participate if we were not a Catholic mass. I mean, sure. we are not promoting that different kind of mass. It's just, um, for example, uh, the sermon usually is supposed to be about 20 minutes by Father. And in this instance, Father, Father George, I'm referring to Father George because uh, he's the priest that I've been working with. And so he preaches for three minutes. Three minutes. And so, yes, instead of 20. Because uh, and he says everything that he needs to say in three minutes. So would that make it more or less a Catholic mass? I mean, it's still a mass. And if yes, you think it's about still a mass. it. It's still a mass yep. without a homily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, we, yes, we like I was going to say that, yes, yeah. when you go to a daily mass, what happens? Sure. You cannot preach by, I mean, they cannot preach by, by 20 minutes. No. So, so that those are the little changes that we do. It's mainly to cut on uh, the time length of the celebration, not to cut any parts. We don't cut any parts of the celebration. We mainly cut the parts of, for example, if the reading might be too long, if the psalm sometimes has right. more... Uh, verses that you need to sing, then we don't sing the song, and we only do two, which would be uh, using the children's lectionary. You usually just have two verses for the song, and you might not sing it, so that cuts instead of having the song last five minutes or seven, depends on who's singing, <laughs> then it's going to last a minute or a minute and a half. And to you and I, uh, it's going to be like, oh, it's five more minutes, but five minutes plus the 15 from the homily, you already cut 20 minutes sure. out of Mass. Sure, sure. See what I mean? So what would, what would a typical Mass uh, would run 30 to 40 minutes, 45 minutes, something like that? Uh, more, yes, no more than 45 minutes. Uh-huh. Last time, uh, we, the first one we timed it at 40, and just because it was uh, the first communion Mass, and Father George also included a, a very beautiful celebration of right of giving them their scapular. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was a little bit longer. And then the one that we opened it for the diocese, for the whole diocese, was about 45 minutes also with announcements and everything. Right. So. Right. Very good. Well, Anna, I know a lot of people are looking forward to this workshop. Anna's workshop will be. Uh, Saturday, September 23rd, uh, 11 a.m. to noon at Ministry Days at St. Francis Catholic High School uh, on Elvis Avenue right here in Sacramento. And uh, uh, you can sign up for these workshops at ministrydays.com. And, of course, it includes Holy Mass with uh, Bishop Soto, some wonderful keynote speakers. It is available in English and Spanish. And you get to pick a couple of workshops as well. Again, go to ministrydays.com. Anna, always a joy to talk with you. Thanks so much for all you do. Thank you, too. And uh, if they want to know, I'm also giving the same talk in Spanish. Okay, somebody Very good. Needs. Very good. Excellent. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. Th- thanks, Anna. God bless. Yeah. Bye-bye. That's, uh, that's Anna Barraza, who uh, is presenting the workshop.
sensory-friendly celebrations persons with disabilities at Ministry Days. Again, ministrydays.com, September 22nd and 23rd at St. Francis Catholic High School on Elvis Avenue right here in Sacramento. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in health care, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, you can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of, ministry, of Mi Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, they continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. <laughs>